0: foodcast brought to you by hillsonthego.com, offering fresh local foods from the Hills Market to listeners by their online grocery store and delivery service. From Hills-owned chicken salads to Ohio beef and wine to go with any meal. More on the web at hillsonthego.com. And brought to you in part by DNO Incorporated, purveyors of Ohio-grown produce and ready-to-eat fresh-cut fruits and vegetables to grocers, restaurants, institutions, caterers, and nutritional meals for students of Central Ohio schools. More at DNO. I'm Johnny DeLoretto. I'm Jim Ellison. I'm Bethia Wolf. I'm Andy Diaz, and this is Foodcast. Today on Foodcast, we're with Lenny Colada again, the owner of Barley Smokehouse and Brew Pub in Grandview, also known as the Brew Dude the smokehouse just observed its 15th anniversary in august of 2013 so quite a hallmark for both the microbrewery and a restaurant and lenny's going to tell us about some of those things that make um, the smokehouse special let's start with beer you guys serve it more ways than i think just about anybody else walk people through briefly um, how you guys serve beer at, at the smokehouse
1: all right well first of all we serve our beer on draft uh we don't bottle We don't can. We don't do anything except brew the beer the best we can and then serve it 10 feet away at the bar. We do serve our beer many different ways, and that's not just for the novelty of it. It's because... Each way that we serve a beer is a much different experience than the other. Uh, The most popular way that we serve beer is what we call from the tower. Uh, Just like if you go into any great craft beer bar, it gets poured from a tap. And we call that the tower, and we sell an awful lot of beer that way. But for those who are advanced into beer 201, beer 301, and beer 401, uh, we also serve our beer cask conditioned, which means that it's naturally carbonated in the cask and it is dispensed from what is known as a beer engine. It's hydraulically pumped by the bartender or in the old days, uh, the bartender was called the publican, not the Republican, but uh, the publican. And you get a much softer experience we serve it a bit warmer, but it's not warm. It's not war- uh, room temperature. It's just a couple of degrees warmer than uh, what we do off the tower. And one uh, other than the way that it's dispensed, which is cool enough, the first time you see somebody pumping your beer, you think that's pretty cool. And yes, your pint is pretty special at that point. But when we cast condition our beers, we very often also dry hop we actually put hop flowers right into the beer so that the hops hop oils are dispersed right in the cask uh, uh, while it's being naturally conditioned we also serve our beer every friday in what's known as a firkin and we call that firkin friday a firkin is the oldest way known to man to dispense beer this is well before refrigeration was invented and it's simply a firkin a firkin technically is a 10 gallon keg uh or a pin uh which is a little bit smaller than a a firkin it is also often dry hopped sometimes adjuncts are put in some herbs or maybe some spices and that beer is not refrigerated it is sitting on the bar and it's gravity dispensed so you open the spigot you pour out the beer air enters into that vessel and the beer starts to deteriorate Some people, just like advanced cheese eaters, actually like the firkin the next day. They like what the oxygen has done to the beer. Uh, It's relatively less carbonation, uh, but it is just a wonderful, wonderful thing that we do uh, every Friday. Then we also, we were the first to do firkins in Columbus. We were also the first to do uh, nitro beers. Uh, if anyone's ever had a Guinness, you know that it the nitrogen is what causes all those micro beads of creamy head and that you have to wait for it a while. Well, we do the same thing. we introduce nitrogen into the beer and uh, it, offers just a for the right type of right style of beer it offers just a a wonderful wonderful mouthfeel we just did a um, imperial pumpkin porter uh, during the halloween season that we did on nitro it was also barrel conditioned That tasted like bourbon-infused whipped cream on top of a pumpkin pie. You just can't get that out of a bottle or a can. You can't get that in just anywhere. So nitro is another way that we offer our beers. We also barrel condition our beers. When we first started out doing this, we went to the Jack Daniels distillery Asked them if they would sell us uh, some of their used barrels, which they did. And we started our barrel conditioning program. That first year, we thought the beer was really good, but a little bit harsh. So we switched to Woodford Reserve. We now have an arrangement with them that as soon as they deplete the contents of that barrel, they bung it and ship it to us. So very often the barrel has only been empty for two days. We put our beer into it and let it condition that way. The b- bourbon that is still in the barrel staves leeches out, forms a really fun partnership with our beer, or maybe marriage and uh so what are we up to like five different ways we serve beer it's just really really cool and really really fun and really delicious now a lot of people are familiar with a good bar or a
0: good microbrewery that has good beer but you kind of have that double uh threat of also having pretty good food smokehouse obviously does barbecue does other
1: food um kind of Cover the unique aspects of the smokehouse. We decided when uh, the the smokehouse was being planned out that we wanted to be unique. We didn't want to just duplicate a menu that we already had, and so we started thinking about the things that go really good with beer, and we decided barbecue was the way to go. So we. We pay as much attention to our barbecue as we do to our beer. We smoke uh, using 100% hickory hardwood. We do pork shoulders. We do beef brisket. We do chickens. We do wings. We, anything we can smoke, we'll smoke it. Regarding our wings, it's, it's kind of interesting how that all happened. I was uh, in Madison, Wisconsin. Anywhere I would go, I would order wings. I wanted to figure out a better way to do wings than just grabbing frozen wing sections, throwing them in a deep fat fryer, putting some sort of saucy sauce on it, and saying, here you go. Uh, Nothing wrong with that, but you can go everywhere else in town and get those. Uh, I wanted to do something a little bit different. So... I walked into this bar, and I sat down, and I was kind of disappointed, didn't look like they had food, I ordered a beer, and it was a little bit busy, uh, but I got to talking to the bartender, and I asked him, do you have a menu? And he said, yeah, hold on, he gave me a half of an eight and a half by 11, you know, kind of wet and all that kind of stuff, we've all been in places like that, we love places like that, and he said, here you go. There wasn't much on the menu, but they had wings. To this day, I always order wings because I want to see if there's somebody doing something different. And I said, can I get an order of wings? And he said, sure. I could not figure out where the kitchen was, and I couldn't figure out who he's going to give the order to. The next thing that happened, I think, changed the course of wing history in Columbus forever, he reaches under i thought he was getting a bottle of beer for somebody he reaches under opens a door and he gets out some raw wings i thought to myself what in the world is going on here i didn't notice but right behind the bar you won't see me doing this because it's an advanced move right behind the bar was a grill with a hood And the bartender throws those wings on the grill and he said it's going to be a couple minutes because we don't deep fry our wings and i and i said oh no problem i was mesmerized believe me uh seeing the wizard of oz wouldn't be as cool as what he was doing the wings arrived i ate them they were great and i thought this is what we have to do so few steps later we end up with the smokehouse wings which have won best wings in the city so many times we quit entering the contest because frankly it got kind of boring Uh, we thought we'd let some other people share the spotlight we brine our wings overnight in a solution that we have come up with to enhance flavor uh, make sure they don't dry out. We then put them in the smoker with 100% hickory hardwood, smoke them till they're nice and mahogany colored, then we pull them out. And the last step, when you order our wings, we put them on the grill, kind of flash them a little bit. Um, we even have regulars who say, burn our, burn my wings, that's how I like them. Uh, so our three-step process has... Uh, is a very unique feature in this town I am not ever happier than when I have a plate of our wings and a pint of our beer and I could say that about a lot of other things we make too but I just love the wing story of if I had not walked into that bar all those years ago in Madison Wisconsin we would probably be deep frying our wings too. Awesome, that's a great story. They're great wings, I've had them more than a few times
0: myself. Uh, one thing you mentioned in there um, that I think is kind of you, a, a special part of Barley's is you have a lot of regular customers and you also have a lot of great events that I think are unique and special. Can you briefly talk about those two things?
1: Sure Jim, um, regarding our regular customers, Uh, they are a blessing and a curse we love our regulars they are so adamantly uh, defensive of what the smokehouse is and what we stand for they get it they get us they love us and then they give us ideas on how we can improve and uh, sometimes it drives you nuts but we we love them it. what's really cool is uh, for the holidays, like Thanksgiving, we do what we call Feast to Go. We'll smoke a whole turkey, all the trimmings, all that kind of stuff. We'll do it for Christmas. We'll, we do it for New Year's. We do briskets. We do whole pork shoulders. A lot of people don't know that, but some of our regulars have learned since you pick up your thanksgiving feast on thanksgiving morning so it's piping hot all you have to do is just pop it in the oven to keep it warm and uh, you have an instant feast we do the work they take the credit and it's a great thing but what's really cool is our regulars who come in here that morning because they know they can get a pint or two very quietly They're going to be a hero to their relatives when they come home, and they just quietly have a pint, and I can't help but feel that they know that they're really visiting with two families, their relatives and us beforehand, then properly girded with a couple of pints, they're ready to tackle Aunt Millie. That story, yeah, speaks for itself.
0: And then you do a lot of events. I mean, those are events, obviously, but uh, tell us about some of the other things that you do.
1: Yeah, we started um, coming up with events back in the old days when, quite honestly and quite bluntly, we wanted to do something that would prop up sales. You can't survive in this town without some minimum amount of volume and so we were doing everything we could to say look at me look at me and so what that has evolved into is a series of events at the smokehouse it's not a great number but we do events throughout the year like um the Mini Real Ale Festival, which a lot of people know about, we get Ferkins in from all over the country. It's only Ferkins. This is Beer 501. Uh, so a Bud drinker probably would not really like this event. It's really event of beer, inventive beers that we bring all together under one roof for one really kick-ass three-hour session. Um, that'll be coming up I think in May or something I'd have to look at my own website to see what the date is but then we also do oysters and stout twice a year we fly in fresh oysters we shuck them right out of the brewery we do the oysters three different ways raw on the half shell we smoke them with a little bit of garlic butter and then we crisp fry them so you could have an oyster pole boy or a platter, whatever. Those are wildly crazy nights. Uh, People really enjoy that. And uh, we do a few other events, but one that's coming up is at the end of January. And I think it's our 10th annual, maybe 11th annual Robert Burns Dinner and Robert Burns Scottish Export Ale Tapping. We made it a long title because both things happen. We do a four-course dinner, we serve three different single malt scotches, we tap a firkin of our Robert Burns Scottish Export Ale that is brewed specifically for that event, and we recite Robert Burns' poetry. This event is the hardest to describe. If I took the time to describe it, none of your listeners would want to come but if you ask anybody who has ever been to one, it is the most fun time, and we call it a high holiday at the smokehouse for the Robert Burns dinner. We pipe in haggis with bagpipers. Yes, I said haggis. We get our haggis from a Scott expatriate, a Scottish expatriate who lives in Oregon. His name is Charles Lamb. If you can imagine lamb and haggis, uh, it's crazy. This, uh, there is a God. Uh, things tie together just too well. And uh, not only the haggis, but we'll do a uh, really good entree. We'll do a scotch egg. And honestly, all of that stuff is a backdrop to the poetry that we read and the passion that people bring to the, that night. And the fact that Robert Burns, who died at age 37 and who would have been a rock star had he lived today, um, think Jim Morrison, he left some poems behind that never were intended to be published, and we always preface the reading of those poems by saying if anyone's easily offended, um, you've had plenty of evening already, you can leave now take Grandpa with you and uh, we go for it and it's just really cool Uh, I consider the Smokehouse a hidden gem in Columbus it's one of those places that you stumble onto once you come in you go oh wow and then the more times you come the more times you get it Robert Burns dinner is exactly a microcosm of that and so, that's kind of some of the stuff that we do. We're trying to figure out a new event. We're trying to think, out a, think up an event for Fat Tuesday. This would be our first annual. We don't have a whole lot of meat on the bones there yet. But, philosophically, the way that I feel about events is we have so many regular, passionate, beer geek guests who come to us weekly and we don't want them getting bored. So if you think about life is kind of like a flat line, you know, you go to work, you go to bed, you do your stuff, but every once in a while you get a holiday. Um, and I, I liken it to kind of like a necklace that a woman wears. The the individual strands are cool. But every once in a while you move uh, down the necklace and there's like this punctuation point that's just this really cool thing and all together you go, that is a beautiful necklace. Well, our events are those tchotchke that are on the necklace of uh, a, a pretty cool piece of jewelry. Thanks Lenny for
0: sharing some of what makes the Smokehouse a unique destination here in Columbus. We'll have links and other information on our website wcbefoodcast.org and cheers to everybody out there and our listening audience. Thanks. <laughs>